Hi, and welcome to Behind the Takes. Newton and I are here today with Emily Ellis to talk about her newest short film, Sometimes Nothing is Heaviest. Sometimes Nothing is Heaviest is a stop-motion animation about the effects of a capitalist economy on creative individuals. If you haven't seen the film, you can watch it on YouTube. Just type in Sometimes Nothing is Heaviest, Emily Ellis, and it should pop up. We actually met Emily at the University of Glasgow when we were studying for our master's degree. Um, Emily is originally from Saskatchewan, um, so she's joined with us via Zoom. Um, we're in, I'm in Scotland, Newton is in Thailand, and Emily is in Canada. Previously, Emily attended Acadia University, where she got her bachelor's in history. And Emily has been recognized at the 2020 Edinburgh Short Film Festival with her short film, Lemon. Um, so we are really excited to have Emily on today. Hi, welcome, Emily. How are you? Good. Happy to be here. <laughs> so I know Newton has a ton of questions for you on your new short film. So I'll go ahead and let Newton take it away. Hi, Emily. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so is your, is your film, like, is it related to, like, a personal story? Or is it, like, from your daily routine? Or, you know, how did this idea come about? My daily routine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding, that's not true. Um, it started out in December. It started out as a more generalized, like capitalist critique. I was just like fuming about the economy and my own personal job prospects, and I was just mad about it. So I was like, you know what? Forget. I'm gonna make another capitalist critique to add to the existing long canon of capitalist critiques like we need another generalized one of those um so i'm very glad <laughs> that one of my classmates pointed out emily you're being very vague for all of these extremely pointed statements that you're making and i don't think that this applies to me and i don't appreciate how general you're being with it since that's not everyone's experience and I was like, well, it's my experience. And then like two days later, I was like, well, it's my experience. So we'll just lean into that and like zeroed it in um, on my own thoughts, feelings, and opinions, which are that um, if you're a creative person in this day and age, um, the capitalist demand that you like monetize your body, like not just like the outputs of your labor, you know, like a lot of the scholarship talks about like, you know, the starving artist, whatever, hard to sell your music, hard to sell your art. Um, but like, they don't talk about how difficult it is to like maintain um, a lifestyle that primes yourself for creative output. Mm -hmm. um, because you have to use all of your time and all of your energy that you could um, be putting into your discipline into a job that doesn't feed your creative spirit at all. Mm. Um, and so I was just really frustrated with those um, 
just that like system of like self-sacrifice for like monetary gain that isn't even meaningful and that's kind of the root of that project (laughs) i think it comes through really clearly oh yeah well i guess i guess as as film students we can all like kind of relate on what you're trying to say especially this year because this year has just been like one catastrophe after another you know i mean like so so in terms of producing this film what was you know, what, what would you say are the, some of the most challenging things as a student filmmaker, you know, in, in, in creating this film, especially in 2020? Especially in 2020. Um, I mean, I don't know if 2020 didn't particularly have an impact on the production of this film because like 90% of it was just like me hunched over one kitchen table or another, like just, making tiny stuff um but i did um i did get to go home to make it which actually made it a lot better because i couldn't find ready mix concrete in glasgow i had to order it online and then they delivered like a 50 pound pail of concrete to my apartment (laughs) and then i ended up like giving it to the maintenance guys i'm off topic um the hardest part about being a student filmmaker is that Um, you kind of run up against the wall of both um, the feasibility of what you want to do versus like your own talent and what you want to do versus your budget Mm. Um, like you you see a lot of movies and you're like that's really cool I want to do something like that and then you realize first of all that you don't know how and that you even if you did know how you wouldn't be able to like polish your skills up that much yeah and like you know you're like maybe if i was 30 and did nothing but this for the next seven years or you realize (laughs) that you could do it but it's going to cost you like thirty thousand (laughs) dollars what a dilemma and you're like okay well You're like Wes Anderson gets his movies like that because he spends a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that's the biggest challenge. Did you have any um, goals for your film? Like sometimes nothing is heaviest. Did you want it to like go on to make a lot of money, or was it more just like a passion or like personal project? Like you just wanted to see if you could do animation. Um, I mean, I guess the goal of all of my films is to just poke at people's heart a little bit um like that's one of my goals just as an artist in general and I think that film is really good for that um especially animation and like sort of absurdist works is because people don't put up any barriers in front of that media you know like you see another movie about like a widow that's a genre. I was at a festival one time and there was a whole program of widow themed movies. Interesting. <laughs> 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 like you see a movie okay. like that and you're just like immediate like brick wall. You're like, this is going to be sad. They're going to try to make me cry. I'm not a widow. I don't want to happen. You know, like mm. there's all kinds of um, put up in front of you and this movie so that you're like I will not cry at widows today but (laughs) with with like animation or with um whatever it's like there's no um 
like soap my first film that I did uh you were like that made me cry and I'm like I wasn't expecting to cry at a bar of soap today and it's like exactly you weren't expecting to relate to it but it isn't what it is do you know what I mean like it's like you can really like take (laughs) like a long road around and then get to people's Mm-hmm. uncovered so yeah, like you're su- circumventing all the barriers right that that w- widow yeah. themed films would do so to speak yeah. <laughs> new thesis widow themed films have the most barriers of any other <laughs> it's a very specific subgenre. <laughs> there's a lot of widow movies <laughs> anyway so the goal of it was to just um kind of make a vessel like a vessel works so that whatever you put into it you can get out of it you know Mm -hmm. kind of it meets you where you're at and if you're at nowhere and it doesn't get to you well Mm -hmm. it's still a beautiful piece of art so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I would say that you you conveyed quite a few like complex feelings like really really well in that film and I think uh one of the ways you did that was through through the music in the in your film and um from what I understand um you played the piano compositions yourself right yeah I did yeah, that's that. Yeah, and I think I think if if I remember correctly, I think one of the one of the pieces you composed yourself as well in the film. A few of them, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Were, were there were there any specific reasons for choosing like any particular pieces for the film? Yes. <clears throat> um, if anybody ever answered no to that question, I feel like you should steal their badge. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I actually use no discretion with the soundtrack. It's just the soundtrack, as if it's not, like, the most important piece of any work. So I saw a YouTube video. Um, It was analyzing how Pixar makes you cry, Um, like, just their sound engineering. And um, their whole thing was you have to develop themes for your relationships. And when you want to um, make people cry, as Pixar does, like in Finding Nemo, they have that theme for like Marlon and Nemo that like plays when he's the only egg left and it plays when he leaves school and then it plays again when, you know, like it's like if you want to make people cry, you have to play that theme that represents their relationship that you've heard at all of the good parts of their relationship over top of whatever tragedy has happened whatever whatever and then you're like oh my god things used to be happy and uh, (laughs) (laughs) um i'm not speaking very well this morning i'm apologizing just in advance but no no worries no that makes sense though (laughs) like there was a formula that you put into your music i decided i would try that a little bit knew that it probably wouldn't turn out Pixar well because it's just me musician dropout but I was like there's three relationships in this film there's the relationship between her I never named the protagonist if I say her it's her between her and the painted hand between her and her work and then between her and the spooky hand but then I decided yeah between her and the spooky hand but then I decided not to have a theme for her in the spooky hand because I didn't want to curate that experience at all. Um, 
So the one that's between her and her work is just that like super <laughs> repetitive John D. piano tune um, that plays while she's just chilling in her house doing what she does. And then we reprised it, sad version, um, at the end. Um, what else did I use? We used a lot of um, Prokofiev's music. There's two two dash three because we took one of them and rearranged it twice. Um, once we stripped it down um, just on the piano for the first time she goes outside and then we arranged it for <clears throat> piano and clarinet the second time she goes outside and it kind of gives that weird like almost suspended feeling while she's outside. Um, but I didn't want to choose like well-known pieces because if you're going to use a well-known classical piece you had better have a good justification for it because like that's a loaded like that's a loaded bomb you know like you use ode to joy in your film right. you'd better have a reason for it um, <laughs> yeah and then we did baroque in the uh in the liminal space because baroque music is all it has that very steady plodding tempo it kind of like shifts between major and minor keys. Like typically that's usually what happens, at least in box. So that's why we chose that, just for like the kind of offsetting, um, not negative, not positive tone, but like with a very, very steady tempo to just kind of like show time steadily passing, even though we were just whipping through a montage. In regards to other aspects of the films, um, I really enjoy the, the outdoor scenes. And um, there was a, I believe there was like a ladybug as well. That wasn't like a claymation ladybug, right? That was an actual ladybug. How did you film like it? Those are real bugs. You actually went outside for this. Those were real bugs. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, the forest is just, I should send you a picture of it. It looks hilarious. Um, it's about like 12 sticks jammed <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> That's oh, <it>. I see. <laughs> And we would just like, and we would just like rearrange them. Like the whole thing was about uh -huh. yay big, and we would just like rearrange them for different shots, uh, <laughs> and we get it all muddy for the puddles and stuff. Really cute. Anyways, so the um, I kept calling that scene the TSN turning point because it's like it really is like the joiner between, um, like her house that safe and comfortable warm glow and where we're headed which is like the mountain the stairs mm. the doors like it was very difficult conceptually to like join these two things in a way that makes sense um and so when I was writing out the storyboards and everything I was like yeah we'll just have we'll just have an outdoor scene she'll just like walk there <laughs> and then I'm like sitting here like in May I'm like she'll just walk there like how <laughs> and so uh we were doing that and like nothing was working like we were like bogged down on that scene for I think I don't know how many days like we kept trying to do it and then getting really sad and frustrated and then we're like you know what we need some success we'll go film something else and then we'd be like okay we still need to come back and do this outdoor scene and it just like wasn't working it wasn't working we're running out of time the whole thing is just the mankiest like the footage the cut footage from that scene is the mankiest I'm not gonna swear it's <laughs> the mankiest 
stuff you've ever seen in your life. And so I maintain that those bugs are an act of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fairly spiritual film. I don't know if that came through. I believe in the resurrection. Um, that's like a key component. But I was just like, oh man, like, wah, 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 wah. we need this film to work, like this scene to work. It's the TSN turning point. We're going to lose everyone if we can't get her to the second half of this film. So, you know, let it work. Um, it and we went out and it was yeah. just like a bunch of ladybugs the ladybugs came through our stuff yeah and so we were just like click 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 click. and i was like oh my gosh they know the edges of their frames i'm like click 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 click." (laughs) and then it was like we're just sitting there and she's like oh here's another one click 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 and then they're like staying on the leaves and i was like quick get her (laughs) and so we like put her down and i'm like click 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 and i'm like lay her down lay her down and i'm like you take the camera (laughs) so we're just like photo shoot yeah I'm so glad it worked out. Yeah, that's great. Okay, here's the here's the million dollar burning question though, and it's it's related to the thumbnail. So, um, yeah, could you please explain the flamingo umbrella holder? You know, and and it's you know, its features. <laughs> it's very pronounced features. Mm. It's assets. Assets. Yeah, <laughs> it's assets. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I had a week left to finish the all of the sets um and like at the start of that week we didn't have the stairs and we didn't have the mountain and we didn't have the entryway and so i built you know built all that and then we had like two days to do um that entryway space and so you know i get the cardboard all cut up i get the door done and wallpaper it and put hooks on the wall because i was like she's gonna hang her coat up Um, But then it was just like empty and I was kind of brain dead, you know, all of the excited energy that was just like, oh, I'll make this little thing for this and this little thing for this. Like the other rooms took like quite a while, um, but we only had um, two days to finish the entryway. So I put it up on my Instagram and I was like, what does this entryway need? And like the full answers were all like, um, you know, put like little shoes, little boots, um, you know, a side table with keys and like tiny mail. And my friend Emma was like, put a fire extinguisher there. And I was like, okay. But there was like a good eight or 10 votes for umbrella holder. Everybody was just like, there's something about this space that needs an umbrella holder. So I'm like, okay. And then I woke up the next morning feeling some kind of way. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what if we did it, but we made it an ass? <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, that's too much. I'll just make like a flamingo because it'll offset, you know, we'll stick with like our vaguely primary color scheme. You know, it's yellow walls, we'll paint it pink, like it'll be great. Um, and then, you know how intrusive thoughts go make it a flamingo with an ass <laughs> and I was like okay okay that's too much we'll go back to the people so I went on my Instagram again and I was like would it be too much if I made a flamingo umbrella holder with thick juicy man legs and huge ass cheeks <laughs> and like 98% of people said yes you should do that 
I'm just giving the crowd what, you, what they wanted. Yeah. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> the two the percent of people who said no are no longer in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so I would say that it was more of a collaborative effort than anything. Um, <laughs> and the uh, I actually I gifted it to my piano teacher. Oh. Who is my friend? <laughs> she was always more of my friend than my piano teacher, but <laughs> she's one of the best people I know. Aww. Wait, so there's actually um, so 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 there was like a element of like crowd participation, not not crowd participation, but like you asked your your followers or your friends like what would they like to see and things like that. Oh yeah, because I I had this like very long Instagram story that I would update every day because. Yeah, it's kind of like how sharks have to keep swimming or they'll die. Like when I'm working on a project <laughs> that's too big by myself, I need attention every day or I will die. I was like, if you forget that I'm doing this project, I might cease to exist. So <laughs> I get that. Yeah, we just posted about it every day. Yeah, I like love that you did that because for me, I like followed your stories. I was like always messaging you. I did the polls. I like looked forward to it. And then so when it finally released, I was like, I can't wait to see like all these decisions because like I didn't really know what was what I was doing. I was just like, oh yeah, definitely a flamingo with some a big butt. I want to see that. Like <laughs> it's cool that you shared it. I enjoyed that. And then when it came out, it was so exciting to see it all together. Wow. I was always so happy. <laughs> Me, I was like, trick yeah. <laughs> I like love, I would wake up in the morning and be like, what did Emily get up to today? <laughs> um, so moving on, um, I know we've talked before and I know you were doing like an animation um, and you always have such a unique style. And I think that comes through in like all of your work. And I know we've talked about this before about like how hard it is to like have your own style and like you just have it. Um, so I wanted to ask, like, who are the filmmakers that you look up to and inspire you? Because um, I'm sure they've kind of like helped shape your style and like what you like and don't like. Yeah. Um, I would say like right off the top of my head, um, Spankmeyer's films. You've seen them, right? Yeah, uh, it's like mid 60s, does all of these like <laughs> really vague, really unsettling but extremely pointed animations um so him and i wrote down her name because i always mispronounce it but you know that 1966 movie daisies mm -hmm. she's elora t i'm really bad at writing anyway i love that movie mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Um, oh, that is such a good one. Yeah, I really like um, those films that can say a lot without saying very much at all. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Wes Anderson, but like strictly fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, I love that one. <laughs> I know. Everybody just blindly loves Wes Anderson, and I'm like, mm, he only has like three really good movies. I mean, the rest of them are cool, but I don't know if I would call them really good. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? He just has a really good sense of style. Like, that's why he kind of like, you remind me of him, because I'm like, okay, yeah. 
you guys both know, like you have a vision and you get that vision. <laughs> That's <very funny> actually. <laughs> and then there's a, um, have you guys seen the news for, there's a short film coming out called Tulip and it's um, this animator, Andrea Love, and she does, um, she had a video that went viral. Have you seen that cooking with felt video where it's just like a bunch of felt miniatures and she like fries the little felt egg and stuff? Oh yeah. Um, she does like stop motion, like felted stop motion animation. And uh, she and this illustrator teamed up and they're doing um, an adaption of Thumbelina. Anyway, it's really cute. Ooh, I want to see that. So, what was it called again? Called Tulip. Tulip, okay. Mm -hmm. I need to check that out. So um, adding on to that, is there any movie that you're watching right now um, or show or anything that you recommend for others to see? See, full disclosure, as soon as school ended, I engaged in a full retox. It's like a detox, but a full rejection of anything important or serious. And I've been doing nothing but reading young adult novels and watching sports anime for two months. Ooh, <laughs> okay. But, which one? Wh which anime? Um, <laughs> we've been rewatching Haikyuu and Yuri on Ice. <laughs> good, good stuff, good stuff. So are you working on anything currently or do you have any plans for new plans? I know you're like on a kind of a detox. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm working on a few different things. Um, but right now we're working on, um, it's a project that behaves similarly to Lemon in that it's kind of like a technical gatekeeper trial to see what we actually could do for these other two projects. Um, I'm working with my friend, um, I won't say her name, there's two friends, one of whom is an experimental cellist and the other who is a very beautiful singer-songwriter. And we're working on kind of like mixed media soundscape, kind of atmospheric, okay. fine art style animation. Um, but there's obviously a lot of <laughs> technical trials to do. So in the meantime, I've been working on a self-portrait of the artist. That's so exciting. I'm really excited to see your new project and I can't wait to see your Instagram stories. Do you have um, a social media page that people can follow you on or a website to stay up to date with your new projects? Uh, <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram at Little Dirt Big Road. That's what it is. Um, but I'm also working on a website. So it's live, but it's unfinished, and that's createdwithoutfear.com. So for all of our listeners, you can follow Emily at Little Dirt Big Road on Instagram to let her know what you want to see in her next film, and you can check out our website, createdwithoutfear.com. Newton and Emily are going to be battling it out on our impossible quiz. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> best of luck to the both of you. We're gonna start easy and then go more difficult. So. <laughs> oh, very good.
you definitely know more than me. <laughs> All right, let's go. Time to get crushed. Here we go. If you have the answer, just scream it out first. What movie is this line from? An object to revere. Uh, what's there to fear? Lemon. <laughs> you got uh -oh. it. Wow. <laughs> you know your film. <laughs> I could probably recite it now, honestly. I used to dream about it. it it's great. I, I, I rewatched Lemon like five, six times now. Like, not even joking. It's short and sweet, and it's fun. It really. It's short and sweet, and it's like, why is it not, a, like, you know, why is it not viral yet? <laughs> it's got every, like, it, it's got viral, like, the makings of a viral video, you know what I mean? <laughs> Lemon. It's on YouTube, dear listener. <laughs> And it was the official selection for Edinburgh Film <laughs> Festival, so you know we're not just saying it's good because we are biased because of Emily. It actually is good. Other people think it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's always the litmus test. Although, like, I never trust it. If nobody likes it except me, I'm like, mm, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Emily is leading right now. Um, with one point, <laughs> Newton with zero. Okay. And sometimes nothing is heaviest. Name the object that gets turned into a painting. Bread. Uh. Toast. Okay. Wow, Newton yeah. came in. Take, take that, Emily. Not, she em can't remember it. Her newest film, she's yeah. put it behind don't, don't you her. know your own film, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> turned into a painting i was like did we do that <laughs> that's like a real metaphysical argument though like just because you put it in a frame is it a painting oh <laughs> okay that is too much for my brain to process right now <laughs> let's move on <laughs> yeah um okay final question and the toughest question so here we go who is credited as the first female American animator? <laughs> A, Helena Smith Dayton, B, Tracy Walker, C, Jane Winslet Richardson, or D, Retta Scott? You, uh, I can see something going on for people listening. Somebody is Googling <laughs> the answer. <laughs> <laughs> is it Reda Scott? Wow, eh, wrong. <laughs> Some people, they do credit Reda Scott as well as the first animator, but the answer we're looking for, Newton, you're out of time, so you don't get to answer. Oh, wow. I'm out of time. Wow. The impossible quiz has uh, no winners oh, today. Nuts. Um, <laughs> the answer is A, Helena Smith Dayton. Uh -huh. um, her, she started doing clay, um, clay cartoons in 1916, and she's well known for Battle of the Suds. Um, so that was the answer we were looking for. But Retta Scott, not to be confused with Retta Davidson, she is noted as Walt Disney's uh, first animator, female animator. So you weren't wrong, but you weren't right. <laughs> And I cheated, so was I ever right? <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all for playing. Thank you, listeners. If you're still with us, thank you for listening. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, please tune in next week for our next Behind the Takes interview. Um, and thank you, Emily, for coming on and waking up on a Sunday. Thank you for having me. And once again, if you enjoyed this interview of Behind the Takes, please go follow Emily Ellis on Instagram at Little Dirt Big Road. And if you haven't seen our new short film, Sometimes Nothing is Heaviest, you can go check it out on YouTube. And thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day wherever you are, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.